to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome back to the Dave's I Know, uh, episode 274. Uh, we have, we're down at Jess this week. Uh, she's recovering from, uh, I'm guessing, just screaming her ass off against St. Louis City. Uh, but we do have MJ. MJ, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. It's been a very successful soccer weekend for all of my teams, except FC Seoul. No surprise there. Well, you're... Oh, uh, you're, and, you're and Fenerbahce, did, Fenerbahce did not do well against Besiktas, but okay, yeah. okay. I did, I did watch a little bit of the uh, Everton uh, Spurs game. I was uh, trying to which do the, Everton Spurs game, the the male one, not the female one. Yes, you're right. That is good. That's a good point. Um, so no, yeah, the, uh, the male the male persuasion this afternoon. I was on the uh, Chicago Minnesota Wonderwall um, supporters call. Uh, today to, to iron out on any like leftover details from the uh, trip to Chicago this weekend. So, um, so I was, I was watching while I was this doing is, that call. This is exciting. I, I look forward to when we play them twice a year and, you know, they can come here and we can come, come there and, and everything's kosher. And I don't know, like, yeah. sorry, not kosher, Chicago dog, everything, <laughs> Chicago dog, not kosher. Well, dog. Not, and definitely not Malort. Definitely not Malort. So we'll no, talk no, about I mean, like, We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get I, I there. I can eat, I can eat three Chicago dogs and two Italian beefs in Chicago Italian beef sandwiches in, in one sitting, but I'm not going to touch Malort. So that's, <laughs> that's your Chicago food takes right here. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, well, let's talk about uh, stuff that did actually happen. <clears throat> Loons went down to St. Louis and uh, beat the previously undefeated uh, supporter shield uh, top of the supporter shield table uh st louis city because you have to say city because it's all in caps um in uh city park so they they are both both teams were undefeated both teams have adapted to playing four four twos recently and so there are some similarities but uh st louis city has gotten wins at home where minnesota has gotten draws so that's right a, a, a big difference. And also St. Louis city has been gifted, you know, <laughs> like from horrible back passes, like way worse than Ibsen's worst back pass. Like that the, one, the made, uh, that, one that, that one to Alfonso Davies was pretty bad. <laughs> that one was particularly egregious a couple, a few years ago. So, but I will say this when I saw St. Louis play clip FC, Charlotte, had a bad back pass, but they also had an own goal and a handball in the box. And I'm like, that's 2018 loons right there. You know, <laughs> we can give up three goals with, with something like that, like handball in the box and own goal and, you, and you, a bad you back make, pass. You make so, three, you make three mistakes and they capitalize on all three of them. Right. Right. So like looking at that Clint FC game, granted Clint FC is not as good as Minnesota United, but I'm just, 
because of Minnesota United's past, I I'm concerned. I go into this game concerned. Right, and then uh, we found out right before kickoff that Lude um, didn't travel. He had a, a, a stomach bug, uh, apparently. Um, apparently, Boxel had something similar, um, but he he did make the trip. So no Lude for the second week in a row. Obviously, no Reynoso. Um, Bongi had just come back on a bus, like a, basically like a 24-hour flight. Uh, Boxel, as I mentioned, 24-hour flight basically back. Um, Zhang Sing, or, uh, yeah, Sangbin Zhang um, was mm-hmm. not available. He had... I, I I think he got his passport back on like Friday, but he so he definitely was not you know ready to train um, and play with the team. So again, a not a not as short of a bench as they had against Vancouver, but a, a slightly shorter bench. And they played a four four two again, um, which you know we'll talk about that here uh, throughout the game. But uh, not something I was expecting, honestly. Uh, with most of the t- you know most of the starters back in the in the um, in the fall, I figured they go back to a four two three one, but clearly. He sees saw something and wants to keep going. I think it really makes sense without Lude, the most natural 10 they have. And without Lude, put both Amaria and Mender up there. He did seem to switch the sides, or maybe the two were just moving back and forth enough and switching enough where I couldn't tell who was the left forward and who was the right forward. But it, it did seem to be like this time uh, they were – occupying different spaces in the last game right right so so yeah so this game kicks off and you know obviously i think we talked about it last week uh you know sort of talk like previewing this game is that you know minnesota has not wanted possession of the ball this season no um i believe they're like you know 28th or 29th in possession um st louis also doesn't really want possession of the ball they are also a direct counter-attacking sort of team um and so it'd be interesting to see you know like um, unstoppable force, immovable object sort of situation. And the first half, Minnesota conceded possession, and um, they their defense held out really, really well. But they looked in, on um, in attack at any time they had an attack. It looked very, very disjointed. It was very, very frustrating to watch this game in the first half. I one of the things I liked is a continuance of seeing when the loons are in trouble with the ball, they just boot it deep or they booted out of bounds. This is not something you saw them do a lot in previous years. I'm talking about previous years, plural. Like they did not do this well. And off of those, some of those silly turnovers by not getting the ball deep or getting it out of bounds, you would see really good attacking chances by the opposing team. Now, the St. Louis City pressed really well. They pressed smart. They got some turnovers. But in general, like, even when I thought they had time to possess the ball and make some good short passes, they're just booting it deep. And um, they kind of panic, they boot it deep. And, you know, that's effective at, you know, trying to gain confidence and making the other team go the full length of the field. Yeah. And so, I mean, this game got chippy right away. Uh, St. Louis city um, making the overture to be our actual rival, not, uh, not this nicest, uh, rivalry in sports but you know an actual actual rival um mj a, a real missouri team by the way yeah, you know exactly not, not a not, not a kansas team that fakes like they're a missouri team but. right listen right away it, it was somewhere around the 17th minute Faust just one hand shoves a loon obviously a foul probably not a yellow card and klaus is complaining to the ref like it wasn't two hands. It was one, you know, like what, why is, why is this a foul? Like 
in Brazil, this would be totally be allowed for me to one hand shove someone down to the pitch and take the ball away. Um, and I thought that set the tone early. Yeah, because um, literally about <laughs> two minutes or three minutes later, uh, Frank Payne uh, goes in for a really hard tackle, gets a yellow card. And I thought to myself, holy shit, uh, we're ending this game with at least with at most 10 men just because of the uh, the fouls that that Fragapati was was taking um, and giving and dishing out um, other Minnesota United players, other St. Louis City players. It's like there's no way this game ends 11 v 11. To to be fair, Fragapati was chasing Vasilev from behind. And I think it was very accidental that he tripped him up, but he did trip him up. And uh, I don't know if the ref saw some dirty intent in when he was chasing them that like in in running, you know, that he he stuck that leg out deliberately. But yeah, uh, I thought it was more of a accumulated warning, like Frank Payne was doing other painful things out on the pitch. And after this one, you know, gets the yellow. Yeah. Um, again, he had several other tackles after this that could have easily constitute yellow cards based on the yellow card for this time. He could have been out of the game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, in the 28th minute, uh, Jared Stroud from St. Louis gives the favor back to uh, Fragapane. This is what we call payback. Uh, Fragapane boxes out and gets away from Jake Nerwinski. Really good move, by the way. And then Stroud comes in really late and he slides. And it's like that second base rule in baseball, right, where you know you're not allowed to try to take out the middle infielder for the double play throw or maybe it's nothing like that john martha can correct me but yeah it, it was a dirty slide it was stroud gets the deserved yellow stroud also seems very vocal and wants to complain to the ref about it yeah there's no rule about that it's 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 uncouth to uh to stick your leg up when you're sliding into second base but i mean that's why they, that's also why they allow you basically to not have to touch the base when you're turning a double play or whatever so it's not uh but i understand what you're saying mj i and i'm sure the rest of our listeners and John Martholler understand it too. So, um, so you yeah, don't so think the, John Martholler listens to the spot every week. I, I sincerely doubt it. I know he has got a couple of kids, so I'm sure he's got uh, less time for, for you than I do. So, um, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we, we, we survived the first half, and that's literally what I felt like. I felt like that we survived the first half, right? I was like, well, if we can keep it 0 0 going into halftime. We got a shot to steal to steal a point here, and I think that is where I think a lot of I think we had we had a, a 114 uh, Wonderwall uh, travelers, so like I'm sure they were all thinking that as well. Um, oh yeah, that's like you know, hey, we we it's zero zero. They haven't scored yet. We haven't done a stupid defensive thing, um, and we got a chance to steal a point. Listen, like not knowing any of these players before, I guess I knew Stroud from Austin, but he wasn't as he wasn't one of the big names out of Austin last year but I was at least familiar with him, but like, he's a good attacking player. Vasilev's a good attacking player. I was impressed with uh, Jao Klaus and I was impressed with, uh, of course, uh, Giochini, but we defended them well. And as many of their shots that went high or, you know, just one of them just missed high over the bar. It looked like maybe Dane St. Clair would have been there, (laughs) but like, Taylor Taylor was was playing way off. I think it was Klaus, um, but it was like, oh yeah, Taylor should have been closer to that fucker. But they had their shots. But in general, I thought the defense held up. Yeah, and I mean that. So we get to halftime. Come out in the second half, and the second half, 
Um, I know, I think Agent Heath mentioned something to this vein, but I think the second half of this game was the best that Minnesota United has played all year for 45 minutes. Um, it looked like a complete half. They came out, yes. And and not to say that they didn't bunker, because they certainly bunkered, but they came out. Um, so, so you know, credit to credit where credit due, credit given where credit is due. Uh, Adrian Heath had a game plan for this for this match. Um, it was to stifle St. Louis in the first half, um, give up, give them possession, get them out of rhythm, and then for some, I, I don't know if it was a, it was a plan from the get go to like in the second half, you're gonna flip the switch and then we're gonna be on the front foot, or if it was just like they weathered the storm and they're like, you know what, fuck it, let's go, let's try and win this game. Um, whatever it was, uh, the coaching staff managed to uh, figure it out, you know, both pre and uh, during the game. And and that's not something we can say often about Adrian Heath. So I, I you know, again, I got to give him credit when, when he, when he, when he deserves it. And he certainly deserved it from this match um, in the 55 minute. Um, honestly, you know, I said Minnesota came out hard for these first like 25, 30 minutes of this uh, second half. Um, Garcia almost scores. Uh, he rounds Berkey. He, he got a breakaway basically. Um, he has a hard angle, but he hits the post and he hits the post square and it bounces off of the St. Louis guy. And I thought it was going to go in off of the St. Louis, I think St. Louis player's head. Um, and then it drops <laughs> to Amaria who just misses the net completely could hit the broadside of a fucking barn. And that was a very frustrating moment, um, you know, for Minnesota United fans. Ball just wants to fly. Want to fly up so yeah. high. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then the like seventy seventh minute. Um, so Amaria had had an up uh, a a penalty shout earlier in the game. Uh, Bongi had long way actually. Longwane had also had a uh, penalty shout earlier in the game. Um, they finally get their penalty in I think it was the seventy seventh minute. Uh, Kyle Hebert uh, comes in. So Amaria is basically taking the bo- ball into the box. Um, he kind of loses it, but. Kyle Hebert comes sliding in from basically 10 yards away to take out uh, Amaria uh, <laughs> in the box. Um, not only does he take out Amaria, he also like tackles his own other defender that was between yes. the ball and the, between Amaria and the ball. And like, clearly like the, the ball was going nowhere. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, probably it, it, like grand scheme of things shouldn't be a penalty, but it's in the box. So by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. I, I feel like he owes, uh, Berkey, a a beer for committing the red card, but he also owes John Nelson a beer for taking him out. Like I, I think uh, Hebert and you know Hebert's Canadian. He's a Canadian national teammate with Dane St. Clair, so it's probably gonna be a shitty beer like Molson, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, it was a particularly egregious foul. I mean it was literally, I think, uh, yeah, it, I couldn't believe. Um, that's that's the kind of tackle, side tackle that I make when I'm playing when I'm like playing goalie and I'm you know the game is tight and I get beat late late and I'm just like trying to like, t- like take somebody the fuck out like that's the kind of tackle that was so uh, Amaria steps up in the 79th minute he scores the goal um, he beats Roman Berkey basically pretty much down the middle Berkey should have probably made the save um, he kind of was diving and uh, almost got his foot to it. Uh, so Amaria eventually gets the winner, and that was the only shot on target for for Minnesota in the game. I think they had five total, um, five shots on five shots and only one on target. 
Uh, and then basically it's, it is a park the bus scenario. Um, Jose Mourinho style. Uh, they bring in Brent Coleman, um, Joseph Rosales and uh, assigning Dotson to basically um, stamp down the win, playing nine men behind the ball. And, uh, and that's it. The game ends one, nothing Minnesota United MJ, anything else that I missed there that you want to add? I, I thought it was, as you mentioned earlier, a complete half from both a defensive and offensive standpoint for the loons. Also, even though there was a significant amount of added stoppage time, you saw less Concacafi dark arts of football time wasting by the loons this time around, as if maybe they learned their lesson to like we should try to hurry the play along, not try to hope that the ref doesn't add minutes back on the clock. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point. It's seven minutes of stoppage time, which seemed aggressive for one goal and nobody sent off. Not no really any VAR. There were some subs though, right? There were there were a lot of subs in, the, like in the second half. Five subs. To, um, I mean, yeah, three for Minnesota and then one two. Yeah, five for St. Louis, but I, yeah, I don't. I, I it seemed it seemed egregious. But your, to your point, your point is well taken. They clearly learned. Um, don't fuck around. Uh, in extra time, uh, or stoppage time, like play the game. So, um, yeah, again, so so yeah, was so much better than the first half. Like you know, the, the complete game. I thought this ref again was garbage. This was not as garbage as the last ref, but you know, oh, the the the, the last ref, I think is Mendoza. The, he was the, a, the Vancouver yep. seven seven minutes and thirty three uh, seconds ref. He was at this game, but yep. he was he was relegated to the fourth official role. It was the fourth official, so yeah, he, he no. was not even allowed to be a sideline uh, assistant referee. So, it, I think John Marthala pointed this out and said. You don't want to read too much into this, but let me tell you, MJ Anon's going to read a lot into this. <laughs> right on, yeah. Uh, and then I'll point out, um, Dane St. Clair was named to the team of the week. Uh, he had three saves on the game, including one huge save early in the second half um, that kept oh, yeah. Minnesota in the game. Uh, and then Michael Boxel was on the bench for the team of the week as well. So, And for those that thought he should have made coach for team of the week, I'm sorry, when you trounce a, a team like Columbus did, uh, Wilfred Nancy gets gets the the coach of the week. Uh, yeah, and we know Heath has been. Uh, I mean, again, I'm going to admit it, above average so far this year, um, especially considering the limitations that he's had. Um, MJ, I know you have uh, a little list here of things that you want to talk about with Heath. So why don't you uh, take it away, man? Well, first of all, the the work of a head coach is never done. A team can always improve. And I still don't like the weak side ball watching or like the weak side ignorance in favor of ball watching on defense. I still don't like how we're looting or isolating a player out on an island every time they go up the flank. And so the right wing or the left wing or the right or left footback are all by themselves and they have to cross it or dribble it. There is no easy short passes. Those things I would like to see improved on just to give them options. You can have a cross, but also an escape pass that can still keep you in the attacking third. That said, many of the things that we love to rant on on heathout.com here is things like defensive brain farts, lack of defensive intensity. That's much improved this season. You look at 
ineffective to zero halftime adjustments. This game required Heath and company to look at the St. Louis press and why they weren't able to get the ball into more dangerous places. That improved in the second half. Um, subs too late or su- too few subs. I still think the subs are too few, but you're seeing subs at half or at the 60th minute or the 65th minute. And usually you would say this is, was a good sub. This effectively changed things in the positive direction for the loons. And the last thing that I'll say is when we're going away to someplace like Colorado, where we don't think we have a huge chance to win, or we have a lot of people out on international break, having to rotate seven to nine players. And then that's their first time seeing moments with the senior team. You have seen deliberate points to work in a three or four player, different starting lineup, or as subs, get some of these younger or depth pieces playing time with the senior team, with the starters earlier in the season. So that when we do have an international break, yeah, maybe these players haven't started, but they've seen some game time. And I, you have to admit that these are all huge improvements for not just the loons, but Adrian Heath in. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not willing to go that far. Um, like I said, I'm willing to give credit where credit is due and he's been definitely much improved. And, and I don't know. Here's the thing, man. There's someone, someone posted something on uh, Twitter.com, that failing website, um, basically like, oh, the Heath out people are really quiet right now. And it's like, well, yeah, man, that's the whole fucking point. I don't want to, I don't want to have to be yelling about the, the manager, right? I, I want a good, a good manager. And um, what, whatever happens with Adrian Heath is what Adrian Heath is, is what the team will be, right? I don't, think that man has higher aspirations um i don't think he is going to be the person who is the is the um the catalyst to spur the team on to a mls cup or, or a supporter shield or something like that like i think it which is fine if you keep you know consistently make the playoffs i mean that's clearly what you know the expectations have been set for him and that's also totally fine like if that's the expectations um clearly the dude um knows you know, like you only get the highest grade you need to get. Like you don't, if you don't need to get an A, if you need a C, you just get a fucking C, right? You know, like um, don't work. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that he doesn't work hard, but like he knows that he's, he's got some comfortable, uh, comfortable situation here. And as long as he keeps doing what he has been doing the last three, four, you know, five years, basically, that, that's, that's good. And I, I, what I will say to your, to your point, he definitely has stepped up and, and the things that we've, consistently um been hard on him for he's they have not been um i mean there you know a few you know things here or there he's generally been much 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 better at those things so and i want to credit uh you know whether it's ian fuller or sean mccauley you know the other isn't refs that i've dragged and criticized in the past that you know they deserve some credit too like and part of this is uh, Stuart Kerr, the goalkeeping coach. You, this is about a coaching staff learning a team and learning how you want to play and how to solve problems like this player not being available together. Right, exactly. Um, okay, cool. How do who do we have for your uh, your Freddie Adu's for this match? So my good Freddie Adu is uh, Miguel Tapias. I think he has been a great younger and in some ways more intelligent both offensively and defensively 
uh, center back to add to the Loon's arsenal. He's a pleasure to watch as someone who loves good defense. And he's a good complement to like size wise and skill wise for what Boxel brings to the table. Yeah, I agree. It, is it, it's kind of crazy that we have got, we're, you know, what we have 11 points through five games. Um, and we haven't once, once mentioned Bakai Debasi, uh, arguably the best defender on our team last yeah. year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's, yeah, Tapius is such a great signing for both Mark Watson and Adrian Heath. So kudos to those guys for, for nailing that one. Um, I'm going to go Bongi. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched, especially considering, especially considering he had just spent basically like 24 hours on a flight, um, like a day before. Uh, that dude ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. Um, and it's it's fun to watch him. You can you can definitely tell last year he's very, very raw, right? Like he was, you know, he had speed for days um and would just, you know, would run, would just run. Um, but his runs weren't they weren't specifically um smart or targeted or or the the best, most effective run. This year you can definitely see that is changing, right? He's definitely, he definitely knows the channels to run into um, where to go, um, you know, cutting behind players, things like that. His touch is still not there. And that's like the next thing that he needs to develop. If he wants to, you know, move on from MLS is develop a, a better first touch and, and a better second touch and finishing. Um, but man, watching that dude from last year to this year, it, it's a, it's like night and day. You know who else could use some better first touch, second touch and finishing Luis Samaria. Yeah. And this I the shitty Freddy you do? This gets into my shitty Freddy you and it's hard because I think the people that want to just criticize him for, for all the times that he misses the net or doesn't finish like a striker is supposed to, they miss out on things like he helps keep possession. He has good hold-up play. He makes good off-the-ball runs that open up different lanes for his teammates. That said, he missed a couple of sitters and therefore and had a couple touches where, man, you, you corral this ball in a way that it stays close to your feet and you have a shot on net. You first touch this like this and it's going out for a goal kick. Cause so just some bad for first and second touches. Uh, so for that, I, I give Luis Amaria a, a, the shitty friend of you, but like he scores the penalty kick. We don't win without him. So it's a shitty friend of you do with an asterisk. That's fair. Um, yeah. I have nothing else to add to that. That was my, he was going to be mine as well. So um <laughs> Yeah, he looked. I mean, I I I was surprised that Garcia came off instead of Amaria. I thought Amaria would come off because Mender Garcia seemed to like be generated. Like him and Bongi seemed to have a connection. Um, yeah, and we're playing off of one another. Um, so I don't know. I'm, apparently, Garcia has some bad juju with Adrian Heath because I don't know, man. I just want to say that uh, in addition to Bongi being coming off a plane from playing from with Bafana Bafana, the South African national team both the coach for St. Louis city and subbed in, uh, Blum, uh, Blum also are Bafana Bafana. <coughs> and so because of this, at least on Twitter, you had a large South African contingent paying attention to this game. There were two South Africans on the pitch and one of the coaches is from South Africa. And so, yeah, it was interesting to see their chatter, if we have any South African listeners, please reach out to me on, on the Twitters. Yeah, no, it was fun. I, I saw that you, they traded jerseys at the end of the game too, which is really cool. So, uh, okay, 
Uh, all right, let's move on then. Uh, Minnesota United FC two. They play. They played on Sunday actually, the, the day after in St. Louis um, at the same stadium. Uh, came from behind to win their match three to one. Uh, Mosquera scored a goal. Um, Dunbar with an absolute banger of a free kick uh, in like the 87th or 88th minute. And then one uh, years Di- old Diogo Pacheco uh, finished it off uh, scoring his third goal of the season um, to, to ice the victory. Also assisted by Loic Masandi, once a crow. Oh, Loic Masandi. So, all right, there you yeah, go. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, all three goals are beautiful. I tweeted them all out. If you haven't seen my uh, Twoons thread from this week, uh, go see that. It's nice to see that Minnesota United can beat St. Louis City, not only for the senior team, but at the MLS Next Pro level as well, where, I mean, St. Louis kind of got their start, right? Yeah. Um, and then UFC two is top of the table right now. And MLS, uh, next, uh, they are also uh, undefeated and have no draws. Yeah. Uh, all right. Other United news, uh, Minnesota Academy, the, the Minnesota United FC Academy, um, went to the GA cup, uh, in Florida, uh, the U15 generation Adidas. Yes. Uh, U15s and U17s, uh, the U15s went 0 and 3. I'm sorry, 0-1 and 3 with a, a 4 nothing loss to uh Danish side FC Norshillen. Uh a 1-1 draw and then losing in penalties to Houston Dynamos U15 team and then um to Orlando City one uh, two to one on uh today, actually, as a matter of fact. Uh the U17 uh cat team went uh two and two and uh sorry, one and two, uh one zero and two. Um they beat the IMG Academy, which actually had to jump in for the Boca Juniors Academy, which was not able to make it to the tournament, unfortunately. Uh, and then they lost to the Philadelphia Union U-17 and the Houston Dynamo U-17 teams, uh, 2 nothing and one nothing, respectively. Is there anything, MJ, do you have anything for the, the Generation Adidas Cup? It's good to see the progress of the Baby Loons. I don't know a lot of players at that level. I know a few of the U-19s that would be at the MLS next level that could get called up to MLS next pro. But the important thing is that unlike Boca juniors, we are participating in this event every year and we're getting the kids time on the pitch in competitive real game situations, because I don't know how often they get to do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right. And then finally, as I mentioned, Sang Bin Jong uh, got his visa in Calgary last week. Um, he was unable to get back to Minnesota. Um, there was some, you know, some very vague passport issues, which I'm guessing basically like he had to surrender his visa and or or his passport in order to get a visa and wasn't able to get his passport back in time. So couldn't get to the, the plane or whatever. Um, sounds like he's back now though. Um, he'll have a full week of training. Um, and I would fully expect to see him in, um, you know, take the pitch against Chicago on Saturday, probably not as a starter, um, but definitely in like the sort of 70, 75th minute striker substitute role. Pass off to Soda Soccer writer uh, Jacob Schneider, who went down to St. Louis and he got this quote from Heath. He said, like, is Sang Bing John going to be available? And Heath kind of said with a joking laugh, well, he shouldn't be unavailable. But then he added, after having a good week's training behind him, it, w- it would put him in a better spot than he w- than he is at the minute. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know no, he's been tra- very, very much a Heath quote. Uh, but again, I will say this another thing like Heath's press conferences 
are I know winning and being undefeated cures a lot of things, but he is less cranky and not lashing out at people. And in, in fact, in, at one point, someone even asked him. I think uh, John Marthala noted that Bradley Wright Phillips was interviewing Heath post game and said, "You continue to prove the critics wrong," or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And all he said off that was, "And we're just going to keep having to do that." No lashing out at the press, no lashing out on, on Twitter, no lashing out on other pieces of the media or fans, just, you know, and we'll just keep having to do that. So, again, like a little bit of press conference improvements from the gaffer. For sure. Um, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to keep plowing through and we're going to try and get uh, this one done early today. Uh, Minnesota Aurora uh, yeah. announced the uh, a deal with Fox 9 plus to televise home matches. So that is... Um, I believe if you have like a, a rabbit ears, it's like Fox uh, 9.2, uh, that it's, there's a bunch of different channels. Um, MJ, I'm sure has the list up uh, for different dishes and things like that, or, or Xfinity, DirecTV, things like that. So go to sodasoccer.com, read my article. It will tell you how to find it on Comcast, DirecTV, Dish, Spectrum, Mediacom, and where you can stream it. And there's about seven different streaming places that you can find it. I will be, very interested to see what sort of geo blocks or like people from outside the country or outside the area, if they cannot get to the Fox nine.com streaming page or Fox nine's YouTube page. But you know, it, it sounds like they can. So it sounds like it won't be geo block that in that way, which would be really cool. And, and if you are Hulu plus live TV, if you have the Hulu package plus the live TV package, you get it. Fubo TV. If you have that, you get it. So just a lot of great ways to make Minnesota Aurora more accessible for our fans worldwide. Yeah. And these are the home games. Um, they, I don't think they've announced officially what the, the way it meant probably through the, the league website, I think is what we did last year. So um, I'm sure the Blackheart will, um, will be hosting watch parties for away matches, um, which is the, the cool thing about this um, is that they can actually put the game on, uh, during home matches as well. I know when it was streaming last year, uh, Visa the the CCO website, um, you actually you needed like a, do it through a web browser, um, which made it really hard for the bartenders to put the games up on. Um, this will make it much easier for the bartenders to put the games on the on the bar on the TVs at the bar as well. Exactly, David. And I interviewed Wes for my article, and you can hear exactly what he says about why that's going to be easier for Blackheart not to just show away games, but to show home games as well for Minnesota Aurora. And and honestly, not just Blackheart, but like other other spots as well, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, Luce Line Brewing um, has been very excited, interested about doing stuff. Um, so if you are a, a bar or a restaurant or whatever, um, talk to Aurora, but you can talk to Revanchua too, the supporter group. Um, and um, I'm sure they would love to partner with other, with lots of places around the, around the Twin Cities. Just so you know, it's going to be easier to watch a, Minnesota Aurora home game at a bar or a brewery than it is a Minnesota United game. Oh, some bars. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. You're right. Uh, all right. Um, okay. Let's talk Chicago. Oh, boy. The Chicago Fire coming up uh, this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That game will be on uh, the Apple MLS uh, season package, season pass or whatever. Um, I'm going to be in Chicago uh, for this match. I'm actually – the uh the travel captain for the match so if anybody runs into any issues in chicago um i'm the person that you'll be dealing with so please and everybody who's coming 
do not fuck up um, and make me have to do work uh, this this weekend. So. And along with that, David, I just want to say that a lot of people are driving to Chicago. Some might be flying. How are you getting down there? I'm glad you asked. I'm taking the train. Uh, and there's like, I think it, it, by my last count, a solid 12 to 15 of us were going to be on this train. So um, we're taking over a train uh, in in Minnesota. Uh, the Friday, the Friday morning train. And then I think there's still seats available if you want to, if you want to go. And if you need a ticket to the match, um, if you email the Wonderwall uh, away travel person, they can connect you with a link to buy a ticket in our section. So I was just on a call today. It's really cool. We have an entire section to ourselves at Soldier Field, which is really cool. Um, we are working with the support section eight, the Chicago supporter group to organize a, um, a Saturday afternoon before the match, uh, supporter group sort of match kick around um, at an indoor facility that they have out there over there. We are invited to their uh, their tailgate as well, which is really cool. The Section Eight tailgate is really good. I last time uh, it's been a few years since I've been in Chicago. I think 2019 actually, as a matter of fact. Um, but they had a really fun tailgate. Um, we are invited to as well. So if you are going, I think believe right as of today there's like 75 people going to chicago um you'll be getting an email uh from the uh, wonderwall away travel lead um in the next couple of days my number will be on there that's they'll have sort of the agenda of things you're able to do um but yeah please reach out to me if you have any questions about hanging out in chicago i'm gonna be there friday uh and then coming back on sunday email info at wonderwall.com info at mnwonderwall.com yeah, if you want, if you still want tickets to the game. Um, yeah, we're going to be in a section. We have an entire section to ourselves. So I'm guessing if you're a Loons fan and buy a ticket somewhere else in the stadium and you want to hang out with us, you probably can. Um, but that's, I don't know that for sure. So anything with the Chicago Fire supporters that you have arranged that you can talk about? Um, I literally just said it. We were having a, a supporters match, soccer match. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, and then I was, <laughs> a t- they, we're, we're, we're able to crash their tailgate. So normally they have, they have a, they, you know, they all the other way teams set up a, 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 their own tailgate, but they invited section eight invited the Wonderwall and, you know, the affiliated SGs, the Red Loons, Dark Clouds, TNE to their, to their tailgate to celebrate. So, so yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it that way. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about this, this actual team. Um, it's going to be really fun. I've never been to Soldier Field. So in, that's an interesting venue for a soccer match. Um, the human power cube, Jordan uh, Shakiri is out. He's got an injury. He's been out the last few weeks. He's coming back, I think, mid-April. Um, so he's going to be out for this match, which is good for Minnesota. Bad for me because I really love Jordan uh, Shakiri, but uh, you know, there is that. Um, MJ, who else do you want to point out from Chicago? I mean, you have two once loons right there, man. They're sitting there for you, Kai Kamara and Wyatt Olmsberg. I forgot Kai Kamara is at on Chicago Fire right now. Wyatt Olmsberg, I I remember. Olmsberg's not getting starts at center back anymore, though, is he? No, not really. He's uh, he's out, he was on the bench last week. I think he's played a little. I think he played in their twos game uh, last week. I'm not sure if he did this week, but he started a bunch of games from the last couple of years, though. Right. Um, also, uh, Bobby Shuttleworth is no longer there. So, <laughs> uh, let me tell. <laughs> Go ahead. We we don't we don't have the the Olmsberg Shuttleworth back in net. You know, keeping us out of the net anymore. So, you know, you know, we're stuck with uh Chris Brady, who's gonna be probably starting in that. Yeah. He's a young I don't know he, anything about him. 
he's a young uh US national team keeper. Um you know him and jo- and uh uh Gaga basically like you know were have been pretty much one two I think for the various US youth national teams. So um when Selena went to uh Chelsea uh, in the winter Brady and Brady played a lot of games towards the end of the end of last year too. I think he's like 18 or 19. Um the other two names that people might know. So Chicago's got a lot of players that I mean are have been around MLS but like people probably don't know. The other the only two who people might know are um DP uh Casper Prisbilko uh, who came over I think I believe last winter um and he's I think his second season and then Chris Mueller who former uh Orlando City player um I think he's got some national team call-ups as well um he also plays sort of that um uh Chicago whatever you know four three three midfield uh thing that they put together so I'm sorry uh, uh did, you, did you talk about uh Hebras or, or Gutierrez yet nope nope go for it yeah well so Brian Gutierrez is a good attacking midfielder and so we should be aware of where he's at in trying to get outlet passes to his teammates. And uh, you know, Hebers is, is he's 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 a good he's a good number eight. So I mean he played he wears number twenty one, but his his function is as more center midfielder trying to advance the ball. Right. So I I would watch out for those two fuckers. Uh cool. Uh, all right, so what do you think? How do you think Minnesota lines up? Do you think they go back to the four four two, or assuming Lude is healthy, uh, back to a four two three one? What are your expectations for for Minnesota? If Lude is healthy, we we go back to the four two three one, and Sangbing John is not going to start. You know, Garcia or Amaria will start, and you know maybe we sh- then shift. From a four-two-three-one to a four-four-two, sometime in the second half, and maybe saying Bing John and one of our other strikers gets a chance to, to go at the net. No, that sounds. I mean, that pretty much sounds exactly how I would probably line it up too. So interesting, um, interesting. All right. So the real question for me will be at right back. Uh, I thought DJ Taylor, except for that one brain fart early in the game where they almost scored, and he was not as close to his mark as he needed to be. I thought DJ Taylor did really well defensively. And yeah. so they have a choice between uh, Zarek Valentin and DJ Taylor. Uh, Zarek Valentin has looked good on both sides of the ball. I think recently for the, for this last match, DJ Taylor looked really good defensively. And so I think there's question marks on what's the best fit when you have a, what's his first name? Uh, Chris Mueller coming, coming down at you. When you have a, someone like a Chris Mueller, dribbling the ball at you, who do we want to have out there at, at, at right back? Yeah. I was, I was a little curious that Valentin didn't come in um, uh, at the end of the game last week, but I guess maybe Heath maybe considers him more of an attacking uh, fullback as opposed to a DJ Taylor type who I think we can all agree is, is probably a much more, it's probably a, a more solid defensive uh, fullback. So be interesting, interesting to see. And then also I should point out too, um, I forgot to mention it. I don't know if you guys saw, but the, the team posted a couple of videos um, on oh, Instagram hilarious. and on Twitter. Um, what the the one from tw- that I saw on Twitter earlier this morning was Curvin uh, Ariaga, um, like chanting MNUFC, like, coming into the in the locker room and basically you know breaking out a dance party, which was fucking great. And part of me is like, why haven't we seen this part side of the team 
for so many goddamn years, right? It's, it's frustrating. I, I don't know what changes were made in the video department slash media department. If those were personnel changes, we have new people, or if maybe there was some new direction, like, hey, let's shoot more things like this. But it's super fun. Yeah. And you have Miguel Tapias, again, my good Freddy view of the game. He's, he does the wave. It is not the robot. <laughs> it is the wave. He's making a wave-like pattern with his arm. He's he and, starts he starts by doing a robot that he goes into the wave. MJ. Oh, uh, is that is that what it was? Yeah, it was he was oh, doing like damn this, it. and then he and then he. I'm wrong on the internet it. again. Yeah, he, then he goes into it. So yeah, but, but like, anyways, yeah, does the wave. Everyone else kind of does their version of the wave around the dance circle until it gets to Kervin Ariaga, and he's just like, "Fuck this! I'm doing the worm." <laughs> right. And earlier on in the vid, you see Eric Dick being the awkward white boy in in the corner, and it's like everything just fits, and it's wonderful. Yeah, Ariaga's rock, rocketing up my uh, fun loons list um, for sure. So, um, all right, and he's improved a lot this year, has he not? Yes, very much so. Um, all right, what's the what's the result on Saturday, MJ? We got uh, even though we are away from home, I say we win two zero. You know we're three and zero on the road, three zero and zero on the road. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero, uh, zero two and zero on at home. So, um, what did you say? Three one. I said two zero. Two zero. Okay, I I say three one. Uh, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, this weekend, and we get free fries on the way back from, uh, Chicago or from uh, from uh, free, free fries from McDonald's. McDonald's. May hopefully they wait till Monday so we can actually get them. You know, Monday morning or whatever. So, cool. All right. Um, you got anything else, bud? We can get out of here. Well, I mean, do you want to talk about U.S. Open Cup? Do you want to talk about anything else or no? Uh, U.S. Open Cup, not really. The uh, Madison-Chicago House AC match got postponed to next week, I believe, uh, because of the storm that's coming through. So I think they're playing that game on the 11th uh, of April as opposed to uh, tomorrow um, or today if you're listening to the podcast. So. Um, let's no. Let's let's just review some of the the ones we talked about last week. Um, next week, um, uh, yeah. Tomorrow or today, you are at six thirty p.m. Detroit is going to play Gold Star at Keyworth Stadium. So that's kind of a big deal for the Midwest region. And I think that's it for the Mid- Midwest stuff, right? Well, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, oh, Indy Eleven Wednesday. Indy Eleven plays Michigan Stars. So. Okay. Well, let's, let's wrap it up. Um, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Um, Patreon.com slash the Daves I know. Um, at T-D-I-K-M-N on Twitter. I'm at Texas Eller. Um, Jess is at Jessica 1440839 And um, reach out to MJ Matsui. What, what do they need to slide in your DMs for, MJ? Oh, I just said if if you are a Bafana, Bafana fan, you know. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, like if you were – Listen to this pod, or you follow me from from South Africa, and I just you're not on my radar. Like, reach out to me. Let's let's get you some more bongi content. <laughs> All right, uh, we've been the names you know. This is Land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Yeah, we, we, we.
do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.